My mother was a teacher. Then she became a corporate trainer, and she absolutely loved it. And both my grandfathers were teachers, so maybe there is something in in my genes which I've inherited that makes me a good trainer and and teacher and and facilitator. But one thing is for sure: teaching, training, facilitation are all closely interlinked. And teachers have learned to be great communicators. They have a passion for helping people to develop and to be the best that they can be. And teachers, I think, care about the impact that their lessons and their guidance have on the paths and the lives of people in their care. So, what about you? Were you ever a teacher or a lecturer in a past life, or maybe you've made the switch from maybe training to going into lecturing? And that's something I hope to do at some point、uh, when I come to retirement, which is to to lecture. And I've done a bit of that over the years in a couple of institutions. But today's episode is about making the the switch from Teacher to trainer, and if you're a teacher right now, thinking of setting up your own facilitation or training business, or even going into things like e-learning and some kind of edtech consultancy, well, my response is fantastic because today's guest is Lisa Spinelli, and she's written a book on the subject, all about making the transition from teaching to training. It's called Teachers to Trainers: Apply Your Passion and Skills to a New Career. In today's episode, why you might be thinking of transitioning from training to teaching, or rather from teaching to training, what kinds of challenges you might face along the way. Let's be realistic here. Which transferable skills you can use right away? You've got a bunch of them if you've been trained as a teacher. Where to find resources to help you to make this switch? And there are plenty of them out there. Which possible career paths exist for you now in the business of training and facilitation, and how you can get started planning right away? This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the TrainingBusiness dot com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the Training Business Podcast. It's Thursday. It's a fresh episode of the podcast. And if this is your first time here, welcome. If it's not your first time here, welcome back. It's great to know you're back again this week. There's a fresh episode every single Thursday. That's my commitment to you, and you can rely upon an episode being there in your. Inbox, if you will, in your ears every single Thursday morning or evening, wherever you are in the world. This is the show for people just like you, just like me, in the business of training, facilitation, learning and development, edtech, consultancy, anything to do with helping people to be the very best that they can be. And if you are thinking of making this transition or jump from what you do right now, perhaps in corporate or in a public sector role, into starting your own. Business, then this is the show for you. I run my own training and coaching business, and just like you, I was trying for a long time to figure out a bunch of things. How do I get clients? How do I market myself? How do I write proposals? Decide my ideal customer profile, and so much more. And therefore, we have episodes geared to answer those questions, and of course, guests on the show every week, or at least many times a month, to help you. With your training business journey, if the goal of you listening to this right now is to start to grow and to scale your business, or even to make that jump from where you are to perhaps dipping your toes in the water, can I extend my welcome to you and say you're in the right place? 
Now, before the music, I mentioned that we have a guest today on the show. Her name is Lisa Spinelli. She's written a fascinating book, which is quite close to my heart, given my family connection to teaching. And her book is published by the ATD, the Association for Talent Development in the United States. And the book is called Teachers to Trainers, Apply Your Passion and Skills to a New Career. And you can find this in many bookstores online. But I've had or rather I've invited Lisa on the show today to talk about this topic and of course to help you to make this transition or even to help someone else making this transition if this is what you or they are thinking of doing. Lisa, hi, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much, Mark. You are Senior Content Manager for Career Development News at the ATD, Association for Talent Development, And the reason I invited you to the show, and this is long overdue because it's a topic which concerns me personally. It it, uh, is something which people I know listening to the show have asked for in the past, which is the topic of making the transition from teaching as a profession to training and facilitation as a profession. And it just so happens that you've written a book on the subject, which is called Teachers to Trainers, Apply Your Passion and skills to a new career. Why did you write that book? There are a number of reasons why I wrote the book. Um, One of them is I work at ATD. So we deal with a lot of trainers, talent development professionals, and we noticed a big trend of teachers coming into the profession. And we thought, you know, there's not a lot of resources out there for teachers maybe we could help them with their transition since it can be historically a little bit bumpy. And then there's also the fact that I was a substitute teacher for a little while. I do have a lot of friends and cousins and family members that are in the teaching profession. So I know their pains a little bit. Um, not, not a full-time teacher myself at any point, but, um, Mm but have heard and felt their pains slightly. So knew that there was, there was a need out there. Yeah. And also it's quite timely because a lot of teachers across the world and particularly in the States, say K-12 teachers, they're leaving the profession at increasing rates due to a bunch of reasons, burnout, uh, workload, you know, massive amounts of, of correcting and lesson planning to do financial challenges. Of course, there is, a, a conversation happening across states about the, the the level of remuneration for teachers, and of course health and safety concerns in the context of COVID and other reasons. Um, so it can be attractive to to think of well anything's better than this, but at the same time, teaching is a noble profession. I mean, my mother was a home economics teacher for years. My grandfathers were both teachers. In fact, my grandfather, my mother's father was a founding president of the um, Association of Secondary Teachers of Ireland in Galway. So it's kind of in the blood. And I know that when my mother thought of leaving um, college to teaching training college to go and do something else, she was given a dressing down actually by her uncle who thought, you know, are, are you nuts? This is a pensionable job. Why would you leave? So many people often say teaching is more than a job. It's actually a way of life. So what do you say to people thinking, well, should I be, am I being ungrateful by, by leaving teaching and, and trying something else? Well, I would say, first of all, if only you can know if you're unhappy 
in your day-to-day work life, right? Mm. So you shouldn't listen to anyone else's input as far as your own happiness and engagement levels. Um, I think most of us know when we're burnt out, when we're not engaged, when we need a change. Um, And I think that a lot of teachers do feel that guilt and they do have that guilt placed upon them by other Mm. people in the profession that how could you do this? This is your calling. What about the kids? What about everybody around you? What about the community? How could you (laughs) abandon us all? But uh, at the end of the day, if you're not engaged, if you're not truly happy with what you're doing, then you can't be your best self. You can't produce Mm. your best work. You can't give those kids and your community the best that you could be. And that's the greatest gift that you can give to the world is your true self. Right. So, Mm. um, hiding behind the fear of leaving or the guilt of leaving is not a good reason to stay in any profession. No, it's not. And, and you've got one life. So if people, if you are teaching people, I guess you have to be the the embodiment of someone who believes in the calling. And it, it might be that, you know, given portfolio lifestyles these days, you might choose, well, I'll teach for a number of years and then I'll do something else. So thinking of doing something else, we're kind of biased in the sense that we're both um, avid, enthusiastic trainers. We're, we're in the training the profession. We we love talking about facilitation and so on. So a natural best alternative job for many teachers is one, I guess, where they can apply their existing skills. And the argument could be made that teaching and corporate training are closely related and many of the skills that teachers possess due to their training are ones that uh, talent development professionals have and, of course, use and monetize things such as um, presentation skills, public speaking um, curriculum development, coaching and active listening, assessments of learning, uh, managing learners, maybe even you know becoming an e-learning professional. So we're not just talking necessarily about people training or facilitating in the in the context of standing up in front of people. There are many paths into the the business of training through e-learning industry. What kinds of paths, I guess I'm asking, do people typically go to when it comes to leaving teaching? if that's what they choose to do and coming into the the business of training and and talent development? Yes. Thanks for that question. Um, I think that a lot of people leaving the teaching world are looking first at training and facilitating and then next, of course, e-learning and instructional design Mm. as well. Um, But we do see a lot of teachers also go into the coaching profession we see them going into being uh, ed tech consultants. Yeah, that's a very uh, big natural type of progression. Being very familiar with those ed tech tools and applications, mm. and sometimes becoming brand ambassadors even for them before they even leave teaching, and then going into being a consultant and developing out their own businesses around that idea. You mentioned being a brand ambassador. In, in what does that mean? In what context? Oh, sure. So for pretty much any kind of brand out there, you maybe or maybe not, depending on the size of the company, can enroll to be a, I don't want to say spokesman, but a sort okay. of a person out there that is advocating for that brand. And so company. something like Captivate, um, like an e-learning tool. Yeah. And you could be going out, not only explaining how to use the tool, but also talking about the benefits of it 
things that you really like. A lot of social media influencers mm. will be brand ambassadors for certain brands. So possibly. yeah, so so it could be software. It could be something like um, Adobe Premiere if you're you know working with um, video content, or something like Mentimeter, which is really hot right now, helping people to design highly interactive programs. Things like live polls, word clouds, etc. So yeah, so I guess being a teacher, you could very well be currently using many of the tools that you might be expected to use if you go into something like e-learning or even just uh, talent development consulting. Um, what about the challenges facing teachers who aspire to leave, maybe eventually decide to leave? What kinds of you know things like adjustment to working in a corporate field what kinds of challenges face teachers who decide, you know what, that's it, I'm, I'm going to do this? Right. Well, a lot of teachers, of course, are used to being the expert in the room, right? Mm. So they're used to being in front of a bunch of people who are looking to them for the answers. It can be an yeah. adjustment to be the beginner, to be the new learner mm. in the room and to ask for help and to not be embarrassed or to feel less than for asking for that help. So that's a kind of mindset that teachers have to get adjusted to a lot of the times. But also, like you said, there are specific applications, tech applications that are being used more and more. Of course, now in this remote type of environment are being Mm. used every day by instructional designers and trainers Mm. and e-learning professionals. And some of those may be new to a lot of teachers who are leaving the field. Mm. Sometimes the teachers are not the ones developing a lot of their curriculum within the classroom. So that might be an adjustment. Um, Others are really developing everything in their presentations and their projects themselves, Um, but they might be using different tools than other companies want them to use. So brushing up on a lot of those applications, um, of course, resume writing Mm. is a huge thing. Uh, Learning the business lingo, it's different in training. Um, The translations are out there and you can find them pretty easily. And we do have them in in the book as well. But some of those translations uh, are an adjustment also. And like you said, portfolios. So teachers are not used to putting together portfolios or making websites or posting things on LinkedIn. So that's also an adjustment. Yeah, I'm thinking also of business conversation. So we're we're used to talking to perhaps young adults or or teenagers or even preteens, depending on where you are in teaching. And all of a sudden you're expected to have business conversation. So it's not learning for learning's sake, but often learning to increase an organization's profitability or to reduce costs, uh, to transform skill sets among adults. So that for many people, I mean, people I know who've made that jump from teaching to training have said, that's often a sticking point. How do I sit down and have a conversation that convinces someone across the table or on the phone that I can not just uh, deliver content, but that content will have an effect on the business's bottom line. So what about the mindset that that teachers, I mean, you've obviously experienced with this, what kind of mindset shifts do teachers face when saying or thinking, you know, I don't have what it takes to to have these kinds of business conversations to solve business problems and challenges? Right. Well, I think that it is, again, a lot of translation, right? Mm. So you're used to solving problems. Uh, Teachers have been solving learner needs for years. They are identifying at-risk students and developing new tools and modes of learning for them. They're 
recognizing high speed learners and developing leaders. And it's, it's just a, a translation element and, you know, business mentors can kind of help with that idea around how to transition their, mm-hmm. their mindset and their language. Um, and then of course, studying up on the adult learning theories are also would be very helpful, I think, too, for for teachers because they are used to that pedagogy model. So, you know, looking at the way that adults learn versus um, versus students, although, you know, yeah. there's more and more overlap uh, in that area. But still, I think the teachers, what, what they need a lot of in making a big transition like this is a lot of confidence, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, not to focus so much on what you don't know. It's what you do know and what maybe you just have to take, like you said, a different kind of mindset of more of a growth and open mindset rather than self-limiting and and fear-induced mindset on on the transition. Which, I mean, we all all have a huge fear of change, right? We do, yeah. Yeah, it's not that change is bad. It's just scary at first. And then once you're in it, you're wondering why you didn't do this ages ago. Yeah. And and there are, of course, plenty of people out there in the ATD network for teachers transitioning to training. Plenty of people out there who've made this jump and they're willing to help others. People perhaps like you right now listening to this, if you're in the teaching profession, thinking of trying something different or have decided to make a jump, or even just dipping your toes in the water for a while, there are plenty of people out there who could support you and they want to support you. We all want you to succeed. I don't know any trainer who is shocked and horrified that someone else is going to come into the profession. We actually want other people to succeed. And, you know, there are things you don't know, things you won't know until you try them, but there are many things that you do have, which I would say many people in corporate becoming trainers don't have. You have experience working with with people. You have an interest in people if you're a teacher. You've got a bunch of transferable skills. And I think that's one of the first things to do, which is to index your current skills. Um, and and you mentioned fairly, said that's a great point because it's, it's natural to look at something like corporate training and thinking and to think, I can't do that. Well, maybe you can't right now, but there are things you could actually do to put yourself in a position where you are confident that you're making the right choice to go into teaching. So, and I guess the other thing, of course, is what you've spoken about in the book, which is often maybe the arguments against leaving training. I mean, in Europe here, for example, for many people in, say, France, Germany, the UK, um, teaching is a public sector role. It's It's a pensionable job. Many people don't want to risk going out on their own, particularly right now with you know instability in the economy. But um, that's natural. There is a fear unknown. There are ways to 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 take this gently, to take baby steps to get some kind of feedback, and then when the moment's right, you can actually jump off, or rather step off, not jump off. So, what kind of supports does the ATD Network Group for Teachers Transitioning to Training offer people thinking of doing this thing? Yeah, thank you so much for asking that question, Mark. Um, we have we have a number of podcasts. Of course, we have the book. We have mm-hmm. blogs. Um, we have a bunch of content on our website that really will help 
teachers get a lay of the land as far as training and talent development goes, mm. what the language is, what each roles that are out there kind of center around. And we do webcasts every day, pretty mm. much. Um, mm. We do have one specifically for teachers moving into training. And we also have a LinkedIn group called Teaching to Training. Oh, so great. That is over 500 members now, and it is international. So it's very, it's very helpful to bounce ideas off of other teachers who have made the transition, as well as get their input on your portfolio, resumes, mm. things like that. And of course, people can always reach out to me at lspinelli at td.org. And I'm more than happy to review resumes or help with any questions they might have. Can't can't ask for anything more than that. I mean, that's a great support. (laughs) And of course, then for people who might want to certify, the ATD offers certifications, lots of them facilitating virtual training certificate, e-learning instructional design certificate, uh, a training certificate, that's the name. And that's just three of them. So there's a whole bunch of supports that the, the wonderful ATD offers people thinking of making this career change. So no one's pushing you. What You could just be thinking at this stage, but even reaching out to Lisa, even reading the posts on, on TD.org, uh, inquiring, joining the group and finding out what people's stories are. What have they done successfully? What have they gone through the steps they've taken to, to be confident that, that teaching to training has been the right choice for them? Yes. And we do have international chapters as well, which I believe are very low cost to join. And they do have events and webcasts also that are pretty regular. Right. So why don't we do this? Why don't we think of a couple of steps, maybe five steps to to give people advice? Not that um, I'm going to say I'm an expert because I'm not a teacher. I haven't been a teacher before. My mother made that transition from from teaching to training. She was training for a number of years and absolutely loved it. And she came to it late in life. And I think often talking to her a few times uh, or talking to her in depth a few times, she voiced regret that she hadn't done it sooner. Um, And I think that's the thing. Often we feel this obligation not to make a change in case we offend people. But then there's the regret of not changing. So let's imagine that you're going to take your courage in your hands today and Take this seriously. If there's a voice in you right now that says, you know what, I could actually make this work. Why don't you and I, Lisa, talk through the steps that someone could take to make this work for them? And and the first thing I can think of is indexing your skills. So let's look at that first. What kind of skills, if we list them, do you think teachers bring to the table naturally by virtue of of what they do and have as as skills? I think definitely... Of course, teachers have that classroom management skill set. So being a trainer, you're going to have to manage that classroom. So managing the content, the learners, the the presentations, and the learning materials, the curriculum, those are, of course, transferable. Yeah. So communication skills, presentation skills, uh, curriculum design, and so on. Um, What about talking to trainers and facilitators? You you mentioned the group. What what kinds of... What kinds of questions should a teacher ask someone in the ATD group, the network? I think that one of the biggest things that they could ask is, what would you have done differently? Mm. Or what would you do first transitioning out? So everybody's going to give you a different answer. Um, but I think that's a good place to start. Okay. So so having a conversation, um, when did you start? How did you start? What did you try that didn't work? And I think it's always a great question, not just focusing on 
what worked, but what didn't work, because then that helps you to avoid those traps. So um, maybe comparing what's in demand out in the marketplace f- compared to what you can offer based upon your skill set, and maybe finding out how that's sold to corporates. And I'm thinking of one of my listeners called Maureen McCowan in Ireland, who was teaching and then decided to give training a go. And she began by filming some videos, putting them on LinkedIn to see what feedback was. And then some local business network picked up on this, asked her to come and give a talk, and she did, and they they loved it. And now she's training full-time. Can you think of other examples from the network, people you know who have making, who've made this successful transition? I mean, great success stories. Sure. Yeah. So this one woman that I've been speaking with, um, Allie Parrish Cheshire, she um, also has a podcast and some tools specifically for teachers moving into instructional design. Mm-hmm. And she had a similar situation where she was a teacher. She was speaking at a teacher conference. She was presenting on a, a ed tech tool. I'm not sure which one I can't remember. And, and they hired her because they saw her present and they thought that she was phenomenal at showing the product, even though I think it was only part of her presentation. Um, so along the same lines of putting your content out there, having the right people see it and then them hiring you. I've also heard of people Mm. blogging also about, uh, different tools and then, you know, tagging those companies, those companies, see you, pick you up. Um, Also teachers who have specifically called companies and done informational interviews with those people. And then Mm. when those people were looking to hire, they thought back to that teacher that they had spoken with and hired them. So lots of good ways to uh, out there to really target a product, a company, a place of business to, to get hired. And, and could you do these things, Lisa, without leaving the teaching profession? Could you kind of do these things before you make that jump or step off? Sure. Why not? I mean, you can speak at a teacher conference. You can post on LinkedIn. You can create videos on YouTube. You could create a portfolio, a website, a blog. You mm. could create all these things. I'm not saying it doesn't take time and that teachers are not already stretched for time. But if you want to do baby steps, you don't have to develop a website overnight. You don't have to, you know, have a newsletter for your blog overnight. You could just start mm. slow mm. and and start that content out there for for a number of months or even years before you make the transition. It also sounds like what you're suggesting is a kind of a low risk strategy because you could put something out there in the form of an article or even a lead magnet, some kind of uh, document. I mean, if you're used to creating lesson plans, content for your students, you more than likely could put something together which someone could find value in. It could be some kind of checklist or, or steps or some kind of guide. Um, so that's easy. And you can create videos reasonably quickly on you know YouTube or even LinkedIn. Uh, so there's no shortage of technology, is there really, out there for people to to play around with and just get some content together to share with other people. Right. Yeah. I think that having even a few samples of your work so that when you're actually going to make the big transition, the the leap into the next career field, you have something put together, it's super helpful to show any kind of recruiter or hiring manager that you have this already in place if you're not being targeted yourself to be hired, and in which case you don't even have to apply. And that's always the best way to go. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking of, of Shane and Jocelyn Sams from Kentucky, who are both teachers. I think Shane Sams was a football coach, if I recall, as well as a teacher. And then his wife, Jocelyn, was a teacher. And they decided we're not being paid enough or we love teaching, but perhaps we can help other people in other ways. And they then built, um, I think, lesson plans, which they sold online. I think Shane did some history. He's a bit of a history uh, geek, as he calls himself, and, and did some lesson plans and sold them to teachers. So there's a whole bunch of ways into the, into the training business, not just standing up in front of people. I mean, you can create uh, programs online and, and sell them. Um, and they have a podcast called the Flipped Lifestyle Podcast, and they help lots of teachers to, to make that jump. Now, we don't want everyone to leave the training, the teaching profession. We're not saying that. We're not saying, no. you know, run out the door. Um, many of you, if you're teachers, love what you do. My, my grandparents did, my mother did, but perhaps a different angle for a while just might reinvigorate you if you're finding a little bit, uh, you're getting jaded. Um, another route that comes to mind is where you could actually go work for a training company. You might approach them and, and find out what they look for in associate trainers. That's something some people do where they might have, uh, you know, a day, a month where they are part-time teaching, and then they dip their toes in training for other training companies and see if they like it. And if they do, they, they stick with it. And if not, they go back to teaching full-time. I, I can't know what, I can't say what everyone's options are, but some people, take these kind of baby steps. Um, what about what about replacing income? And that's that's the elephant in the room we've got to talk about. People concerned about you know losing out on this teaching profession income. How am I going to replace this income? What about the implications for my family if I have no income for a while, if I'm building up my business? What would you say to people who've got doubts in that sense? Right. Well, I never encourage anybody to quit teaching mm. or any profession without having something else lined up, right? Yeah. Um, especially if you have a family involved, that's incredibly risky. And unless you have a giant cushion to land on, pr probably not the best approach. So as we said before, starting slow mm. and very deliberate and having, having that uh, more like lateral step rather than a giant leap from the mountain cliff, then uh, <laughs> it's a good idea that you have it in place before you put in your resignation letter. Mm. Um, as far as the pensions go, I mean, it's really hard nowadays, especially in the U S to actually have a profession that's going to pay you a pension. That's not involved with the government, right? Yeah. So teachers here are involved with the county and state governments. Um, there, uh, of course, are military members who are part of the mm. overall federal system. Um, so uh, replacing that pension is a matter of being able to invest in a 401k and using companies. Um, I don't know if Ireland is the same or, you know, in the EU, if, if it is the same kind of system where the companies are matching your 401k investments. Yeah, there is often employer contributions. Yeah. It depends on the state because obviously Germany is different to uh, the Netherlands where my sister lives or Ireland or the UK. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. And I'm sure it varies from state to state as well in, in the US. 
Yeah, it's it depends on, on each company pretty much. Mm. So if you're looking at the companies and and within your own uh, counties or countries, then really looking at the ones that you could get a maximum benefit out of, that's part of the whole package of leaving, right? Is to yeah. ensure that you do have that financial stability. You don't want to you don't want to leave and and not have anything in place and no idea about where your finances are going to be in 10 years. Mm. So you want to step off, not jump off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't take yeah. a nosedive off of Mount Everest, please. <laughs> right. Exactly. You also mentioned something quite interesting before we hit the record button here, which is the idea of mentoring or getting a mentor. What, what are your thoughts there? Sure. I think, I think having mentors in general are very helpful. And I think that you might find that even executives have mentors and even people have reverse mentors. Uh, so what's a reverse mentor? I've never heard of that before. Oh yeah, sure. So like executives will have people who are newer to the field to get that fresher perspective on things, especially Mm -hmm. to do with remote work or tech tools and things like that. Um, but as far as teachers go, having at least one business mentor doesn't have to be a teacher who left the field, but just somebody in the business world. It right. would be very helpful to bounce your ideas off of them, learn the language, even pass your resume by them if they're at all involved in hiring anyone, just to get a good idea as far as the language goes and what you can expect when you're leaving teaching and all those transition aspects. Okay. And I'm sure there's some kind of supports like that in the ATD network for teachers transitioning to training, the kinds of resources that they could use and perhaps the kinds of people they could talk to, including mentors. Yes. I mean, you can find tons of information on our website about mentoring. Mm. Um, that That's honestly true. is more around mentoring programs, but okay. you can always reach out to local chapters and you can always look at that LinkedIn group for additional support. Brilliant. Lisa, where can people find out more about you? And of course, your book and the uh, ATD itself. Great. Sure. So td.org is the website. I also have a podcast that's called The Accidental Trainer. If anybody's trying to get a little bit more info on becoming a trainer and the book is on Amazon. It's called mm-hmm. Teachers to Trainers, Apply Your Passion and Skills to a New Career. And I do have my own really sad site out there, just lisaspinelli.com that I haven't updated in an embarrassingly long time. That's okay. It's, it's great. You got your own uh, name as a domain name. That, that, that's, that's not something everyone I'm manages old, to Mark, do. I'm old. <laughs> 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 a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, me too. And then I began to stop. I actually decided to stop using it because um, these days people wouldn't search for me by name. So um, it's about building a brand. So that's something else to think about is what, what brand summarizes what you offer your customers. You have to start thinking commercially not pedagogically. You've got to think of, if I'm to make a business of this, leave the teaching profession or step off, not jump off. What does that business vision look like for me two, three, four, five years from now? Who am I serving? What am I doing? How am I making money? How do I market myself? And so on. And of course, these are all the the, the skills and, and tips and tricks that you uh, address in the book. And of course, those helpful people in the ATD network for teachers transitioning to training would be more than happy to help people making this transition. Definitely. Thanks, Mark. And um, I forgot. Yes, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So Brilliant. Lisa, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Really had a lot of fun. Thanks. 
My sincere thanks to Lisa for being my guest today and, of course, your guest on the show. And you can check out Lisa by finding her on LinkedIn, Lisa Spinelli, L-I-S-A, Spinelli, S-P-I-N-E-L-L-I. And you can connect with Lisa. Lisa would be delighted if you do that. And, of course, Lisa has her own podcast. And she, have co- she of course, has this fantastic book, which will help you if you're thinking of making this transition from teaching to training. I'm getting this mixed up today. I'm not sure why. But um, whichever you're thinking of doing, either teaching to training or training to teaching, uh, why not? Those professions are interrelated. And I find that many people find this transition from teaching to training much easier than coming out of other kinds of jobs because you have a bunch of skills as you're listening to this hopefully you're realizing this that you can transfer and bring to the profession and of course monetize now when it comes to topics like this i'm always always keen to receive correspondence from you you can contact me directly mark at trainingbusiness.com i welcome ideas from you as listeners as to the kinds of content that you would like to have on the show, the kinds of guests you'd like me to feature on the show to help you with the kinds of challenges that you are facing or will be facing. And as I said before the episode today, there's a fresh episode of the podcast every single Thursday without fail on your podcast platform of choice, be it Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. So wherever you are listening to this right now, perhaps in bed, perhaps in the office or in the home office, uh, working from home, or if you're somewhere traveling right now, you can rely upon this week's episode and next week's episode and all previous episodes being available to you to help you with your challenges and of course with your goals. So until next week, please look after yourself and your loved ones. Take care, keep training and catch you soon. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.